Did you know that dogs have an incredible sense of direction? Amber, what do you feel about this? They're saying that dogs can kind of find their way back home. I know they've said this about horses, but what do you think? I think it depends on the dog. I would trust my dog Tucker's sense of direction. I would not trust Oakley's sense of direction, <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. Well, I know that they uh, know where the dog treat store is, but besides that, I don't know they're, if I believe it. I don't know. We'll see. They're saying that, you know, having a loyal dog by your side, that they can actually explore the world confidently with you, but then also get you back home safely. What an interesting thing to dive into. But anyway, Good to think we're, about. We're excited for this week of The Dog Moms, so welcome to The Dog Moms Podcast. Welcome to The Dog Moms. Dog Moms, Dog Moms, what you gonna do, what you gonna do when they come for you, Dog Moms. Hi everybody, thanks for tuning in today. We have a super, super special episode for you. We are actually interviewing... Samantha Cope Lawrence. She is a talented actress, writer, and she's a passionate animal lover, which of course we're very passionate about ourselves. Yes, that's right. I'm really so there's a there's a special connection here. Um, we have actually worked together. I've worked with Samantha before, and she's really well known for her many movie features and TV shows that she's been in, including a movie that came out this year that I may have some special surprises. I was for gonna say, I'm pretty sure that you might recognize the dogs in that movie. You may <laughs> recognize it, you may. But she what what blows me away is that she also is a writer for some of the movies that she's been in, and she is pursuing a very successful successful career as an actress while being with animals and having animals of her own. She is a devoted animal lover. So we are really thrilled to have her on the show today. And I can't wait to hear some of the stories that she wants to share that kind of tells us more about not just her love for her dogs and the animals in her life, but what she's doing to help dog and animal lives everywhere. I am so excited for this interview, but we can't forget that if you guys have any questions for us, you can send us a voice memo so that we can hear from you. You can go to dog TV slash the dog bombs and leave a voicemail for us so we can answer your question at the end of the show. We absolutely love hearing from you guys, answering your questions and even hearing your stories. So be sure to check that out and let us hear from you. Okay. So before we get to that point, Amber, I want to hear more about, I have some questions for you. So oh, you, boy, uh, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, no, I want to, I want to kind of like, this is something that I've been interested in because you and I come from a very similar place where we carry a lot of you know, guilt and we carry a lot of expectation from ourselves. And I think a lot of pet parents can like join in on that as well. We were just talking yeah. about this. I was so, literally telling you how I started crying this weekend uh, because, <laughs> because I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel so bad. I had such a lazy week with my dogs and yeah. it was pouring rain outside. And so I didn't take them out hiking as much as I usually do. We didn't do as much stuff as we usually do. And when it came to Saturday, I yeah. took them on like a short walk and I came home and I started crying to my husband. Granted, I'm pregnant, so I'm allowed to cry about things, That's guys. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, but I started crying to him and I was like, I feel so bad. I feel so guilty because like I haven't done much with them this week. And like I'm so upset with myself that like I don't feel like I have the energy to do the things that they probably want to do. And I just felt really terrible about it and I had a little breakdown. And of course the dogs were just like, while I was breaking down, my dog Tucker like starts, he always gets very upset if I get upset. Oh. So he starts like pawing at me and he's like, mom, are you okay? And then it made me cry more because oh, no. I was like, I'm upset that I've been like not doing as much as I wanted to for yeah. you. And you're concerned about me. <laughs> I know. And so I want like, I think that this, so I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I figure we just dive into it for like a couple minutes here because we have a fantastic interview coming up. But what I wanted to see is like, it's almost like if you don't know, it, it doesn't affect you as much. Like if you maybe don't know about puzzle toys or don't know about dog sports, yeah. you know, all this training you can do and your dog just lives with you, then maybe that like, maybe that takes away some of that guilt that you kind of put on yourselves. But I think as you start to learn all the things you can do for your dog, then comes all the expectation that you should be doing all these things for your right. dog. And like the and, pressure that if you're not doing right. it, you're not good enough for your right. dogs. And I think what's important to remember is that like, remember what our, try to get in your dog's position. I don't yeah. think they're sitting around going like, we didn't do agility today. They're, you know, they're, <laughs> they, maybe. They where, where, was my, where was my one hour hike? You only gave me a yes. 15 
15 minute walk. Oh, like, how dare you? How blasphemy. You know, and that's so- a really good point. Dogs, dogs live in the moment, right? Yes. And I feel like I have to remind myself that, that like, they're not thinking about, well, I didn't do as much as I usually do this week. Right. And we, we do that to ourselves where we're right. sitting there like, oh my gosh, like it was raining all week and I didn't take my dogs out every single day and I feel terrible. But the dog is just thinking about this moment right here and now. And I think that can at least help me and maybe will help you guys and kind of get yourself in a mindset where like, you know, your dog's not sitting here Giving, thinking about all the things you didn't give them this week. That's right. And I think you, if you look at the bigger picture, like I just think, I just want to, I think this is a great topic to hit on because you and I talk about the guilt that we feel and how much we want to give to our dogs and the more we feel we should be doing with them. But I think also like that can also be worse for you and your relationship with your dog because you're going to place all the expectations and it's you're going to miss out on those moments where you guys can just be and be together and build that bond in those quiet moments together or be able to take those five minutes and do like a little bit of training session. But people think all the time, they're like, wow, you must train like an hour or two a day. Hmm. Like, and I was just telling you, Amber, I was like, no, I was like, I train like five, 10 minutes every other day on a bad week, like on a good week, maybe daily, but not that long. Like I'm definitely not a super principle based schedule for training my dog. So I just think that like you you compare yourself to other people which also lays those expectations even higher when in reality that's not truth at all. So I think just as pet parents out there I, I think that we could all we could all benefit from just taking a deep breath and realizing that you know my dogs right now are all laying at my feet and I'm like man yeah. it's a really hike them today but they're not complaining. They're just happy to be with me. And so if I decided to do right. something with them later or they have a quiet day, like that's not, that's not a label that you are any less of a pet parent than another person. It's so true. And that's really helpful for me to remind myself, like all three of my dogs are just laying behind me right now. We didn't do anything today. I, we went mm-hmm. outside. We like, I tried to play Frisbee for five minutes and they just hung out outside and they're coming inside and they're happy. And I have to think about those things rather than all the things I think I should be doing or could have done Mm -hmm. and think about how happy my dogs are just existing with me. And that kind of helps me get to a better mindset. So I I appreciate you uh, bringing that up. Right. And there was a cool point you made. You're like, I'm actually building a transition for them to kind of understand what it means to be bored or it means to be have quiet time because you can actually over condition your dog to where they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That five mile hike didn't do anything. Like what are we doing next? Because if we go hiking every day or we go to the dog park every day or we play chuck it every day, then then my dog starts expecting that level of activity. And when I have a baby come along, that's not going to be as attainable. So I have to remind myself that maybe the slow weeks are a good thing. And I'm really grateful that my dog's are okay with that. And they seem to be pretty happy and content. Well, you know, even when cool? I'm beating myself up, <laughs> I've talked to some of the best trainers and we'll, we'll, we'll finish on this note. Cause you, you know, we could talk forever on this, but you know, I've talked to some of the best trainers out there with the most fantastic dogs, winning the biggest competitions and they are not taking their dogs out hours and hours each day working yep. them. They do really, really good 10 to 15 minute sessions, but you know, with a lot of purpose and a lot of, you know, clear, uh, communication and that's it. And they put all, pull all those pieces together later when they're trying to build the dance or the routine or whatever it, that may be. It's not, it's not like, you know, you are not the pro wrestler versus the pet parent. Like you can achieve great things by breaking things down into smaller pieces with your dog that also is manageable in your lifestyle. That's absolutely true. And I mean, we don't all have to be doing as much as everyone else. As long as your dog is happy and fulfilled, sometimes that's just with hanging out with you on the couch, then that's, then you're being a good dog mom or dog dad. So thanks for that encouragement. And uh, no worries, guys. I'm not crying anymore. I know. I wasn't going to bring that up. A moment of weakness. (laughs) I wasn't going to bring that up, but I think we've all cried I'm not a a crier, but it's okay. I have have an excuse right now. But I know that we've got a really awesome interview to get to because we could talk forever, just the two of us. But I cannot wait to hear more from Samantha. So let's go ahead and get to that interview. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the Dog Moms. Hello. We're so, we're so happy to have you here. Um, we have a really cool story that kind of backs up to, you know, how you and I know each other, which is something that I will always hold very, very special in my heart because 
I was on the set of a certain feature film that not only were you starring in, but you actually helped to write the script. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So yep. for Frankie's Frankie Meets Jack. And um, what's really cool also is that your husband was your co-star in it. And the story is beautiful. But what's even more special is that I was able to meet you for the first time there. And I did not expect to kind of gain a f- little bit of how I feel. It's like a friend family kind of relationship because we grew, yes. yeah, <laughs> we grew together as a, and as a friendship very quickly. But I, but also what I want to do is kind of wrap Amber, Amber, you're a very special soul in my life and one of my best friends. And I think meeting Sam, you both encapsulate so much of that together in your energy and your vibe and your soul and your heart. And so you two remind me of each other. So oh I'm my so gosh. excited that today <laughs> we get to kind of bring everybody in full circle. But the but how we met on set is that um, my dogs were able to be in your film, which I'm so blessed that we were able to be cast. Yes. And, and I um, got to hear like little like snippets of like how touching it was and how fun it was and everything. And so I'm really excited to hear about it from your angle as well, Sam, and kind of hear the story about how it came to be. So I would love to know that. I mean, I know we have so many questions for you and I don't want to overwhelm you, but um, could you kind of give us like the story behind that specific film and how you got to create it? Yeah. So like you said, my husband and I actually wrote the script together. Um, It was an idea that was born out of kind of a, a real life situation um, I live here in Los Angeles and I, let's see, this was probably like eight years ago. I had just gotten a new puppy, take Aww. this puppy to the vet. And I walk in and I was like a little taken aback because the vet, I don't know why, but he was like the hottest vet. I, had <laughs> ever seen. And I, was I mean, I think we would all notice a vet that walks in. <laughs> it's like, and I was like, Gosh, it's hot in here. I just wasn't expecting it. I was so like, wait. Wait, okay. vets can look like that? <laughs> and ironically, he ended up kind of going viral like a year later as like the world's hottest vet. And now oh. he's a whole, like name to fame vet who lives like, I don't know, 10 minutes from here. How funny. Yeah, was kind of born out of this like, there's nothing in my opinion, more attractive than like a good looking guy who also loves animals. Oh my gosh. That's so true. It's like those firefighter calendars, but they're always holding like a little kitten or a little puppy. Yeah. So I was like, when I met my husband and we were talking about writing the script together and we just wanted to do all sorts of projects together. I'm like, you are the hot guy and imagining you holding like the love of my life in like oh. a form, I was like, we just have to come up with a script that kind of surrounds that. Like, mm-hmm. you're the hero, you're good looking, we're gonna fall in love. And make the babies. easiest way to make anyone fall in love is to have a good looking person holding an adorable little animal, right? Exactly. So that's where the idea came from. And then, you know, it was a long process getting the script to that place of filming. And I was so thankful, Chrissy, when you showed up mm-hmm. and being oh, so professional and your dog's you. so professional. And I wasn't expecting to, like you said, create this friendship with you and this like feeling of family with you so quickly. Right. Oh my but gosh, it was instant. Yes, it was the best case scenario on all fronts. Cause not only was awesome. so cute and so well-behaved and so mm-hmm. just able to do anything that was asked of them, the other side of that, like I just got to hang out with you on set. I know. I know. It it really did build that time in where we were able to just like – I was able to see kind of what you were looking for in their characters. And, you know, I think a, a fun fact that people may not know is that when I arrived there, there was a character switch. So yeah. the dog roles got switched, which was like, you know, and, and not a challenge for sure, but it was so, yeah. so great to see like – Okay, where you wanted them to be, what you were envisioning for that particular scene, and then bringing that that to life and being able to work so closely with you. And I think the best thing that Amber and I can absolutely agree, it makes it a million times easier to work with an actress who loves animals. Absolutely. We we can tell, the dogs can tell. That makes a world of a difference. And honestly, like I'm sure you both experienced, it makes working together on set actually enjoyable and the dogs like it's like a real connection with the actor and that that shows through on the screen when someone is comfortable with dogs but also just like loves dogs and is willing to like 
learn how to work with them. And I'm sure with your own dogs, you probably have lots of experience of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, dogs maybe need a little extra time with certain things and stuff like that too. In between scenes, I was picking Chrissy's brain. I'm like, how'd you get your dog to do that? Okay, I can't even get my dog to do that. I want to try that at home. And besides like the whole, you know, Hollywood side of it and filming, I mean, you have dogs of your own and not just your own dogs, but like I've seen you even working with horses. So you have a pretty extensive background of like having your own dog. So we would love on the Dog Moms podcast to hear more about your dogs, your personal experience, like names, and how did you, how did you get your dogs that you have today? Yes. How did the whole animal love start? (laughs) I mean, I was born with it. Honestly, I feel like for the most part, you're either an animal person or you're not, but there was something so deep in me as a kid. I loved all animals. I don't know if you guys remember in elementary school, I think it's like sixth grade. You kind of dive into like ocean animals and we did this whole save the manatees and and like the turtles, the turtle shells and stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden in sixth grade, I'm like, what is this like horrific weight that's on my chest about these manatees that I've never (laughs) existed. I'm like, mom, did you know that these boat propellers just slice them? I know. I know. And all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, like I want to be with animals around animals for as many hours of my life as I could possibly handle. And that's kind of where it started. I've always loved horses. Um, grew up with my, you know, my family lived on farms in Idaho. So I got to experience them in the summers. And it wasn't until, you know, you grow up with like family dogs, but my yeah. experience is like having my own dog. I was in my mid twenties. I just moved in with my ex and we were like, let's get a dog. Like it feels like the right time. And I love dogs, but I had no idea how much I needed dogs. (laughs) I agree. I was like, I think we all know that experience when we get that dog that is not our family dog. I mean, I know Chrissy had that experience. I had that experience. And it's just like completely changes the way that you even live life every single day Mm -hmm. because the dog is not just a dog anymore. It's not your family anymore. It is like you're a little like child of a dog, right? right. So, like all of a yeah. sudden it's not like, oh, I can run out because mom and dad are home to take care of it. It's like, this is your, this is it's like your life. A yeah. It's a part of I your life. Thing alive. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> um, well, I feeling that first dog that we got, it was an American bulldog and we got him about a year and a half old and we knew his previous owners. And I knew that, he grew up like that first year and a half in a house that had like three young kids and the dog Mm. was poor dog. I mean, it's, you know, some families are very like, be gentle with the puppy and other families are not looking out for the dog out for their kids. So he already had like a tough upbringing that year and a half. So we decided to take him and this dog was the most cuddly, sweetest thing. Just wanted to be on the couch wrapped in blankets, but then unexpectedly, randomly, at like about six months after we got him, he would show real signs of aggression, which I was not expecting. I knew he had had like kind of a rough start. Right. Some some sort of trauma in his past. Yes. Something was triggering him really bad. So, you know, I'd take him to the vet, um, not the hot vet, but at the same place. (laughs) He would randomly just growl and like go to nip it, you know, the nurse yeah. And the vet tech and I was like, okay, this is bringing me all sorts of emotions. Like I'm, sure. I'm obsessed with him, but you have to obviously be a responsible dog owner. Right. And rest over the years. I mean, I had to muzzle him anytime wow. in the house, like just to walk around the block. Yeah, Amber has a dog that also she has a lot of muzzle experience there. It's a hard, yeah. it's a hard it's decision tough. to do what's best for Especially them. Especially when it's like your dog that you love so much, and and when you know your dog in a certain way that like it's hard for you to express to other people. Like he's not always like this, right? Yes. You get to, you get to see the other side of him too. And that can be really yes. heartbreaking and difficult to deal with. Sometimes he was literally the sweetest dog. And once you passed like the vibe check for him, you were right. in for life. Right. But up mm-hmm. until then he was very skittish and he'd like you, like you. And then all of a sudden just kind of like lunge. Mm. So what ended up happening, I would say he was about six at this time. He one day started puking violently. I had to oh take my goodness. Him that he had some sort of blockage in his stomach. Oh, he went under. And while they were in there dealing with that, 
Come to find out when he was a little tiny puppy and he'd been neutered, only one of his testicles dropped. The other testicles never dropped. And when they went in to neuter him, they did not go up inside of him and get the other testicle. So it was still inside of him growing this massive tumor. Oh, Oh, no. Growing like huge surges of estrogen into his body. So his emotions and his hormones. Oh, I'm sure that that like, I'm, I'm sure in that moment you were probably like, Wow, this makes so much sense as yeah. to why he was having this internal it, struggle because he was he was dealing with like something internally the fluctuations. That, yeah. Wow. yeah, I mean you you fluctuate estrogen for me and I'm a raging yes. you know. I mean, yeah. this poor dog, I mean, like I had no idea. It brought a lot wow. of like like calm because I'm like, okay, he doesn't mean it. It doesn't like yeah. solve the problem by any means in terms of like what we had been through all those years. But right. Was, like, but you have some sort of clarity as to like, okay, there's, there's a reason as to why this is so unpredictable. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. took care of that. Um, he lived like another year past that, but his health mm-hmm. was just, you know, declining. Wow. Um, yeah. But that was like my first real experience. Well, I do have to say, Sam, that it takes a really special person and a special dog mom to be able to, have a dog like that and to have the patience and the empathy and being able to like, I I can't even imagine to that level. I've dealt with some behavioral issues with one of my dogs. And, you know, you have days where you're just like, you feel like giving up and you have days where you're like, am I even doing the right thing? And yeah, it's, it's really hard. And so like, and that props, to, of props to you for, yeah. that's, that's a really difficult thing to go through. And you know, something I tell myself, which I'm sure you've told yourself as well, is like it makes you a better dog mom, makes you a better dog parent, makes you a better person because it starts to make you realize that like you never know what someone is going through. And something as simple, quote unquote simple, as dealing with a dog that has behavior issues actually becomes like a huge part of your life. Like having people over, just going on a walk with your dog. It's it's not just like this simple thing for you. And so it takes a lot of takes a lot of strength to, to be able to get through that. So I just want your life. To- a lot of dogs end up back in the shelters, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so many people, I would say almost everybody was like, just give him to like a bulldog rescue. Right, right, right. right. Home. And I, I could not stomach the fact that if I rehomed him, what if that person didn't love him the way I did? And then, right. sure. and then, and then what happens to him and he just gets passed around and, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's just, it's undi, it's diagnosed as something else. And then he, you know, has to deal with. Yeah. Living. Well, he was, he was incredibly lucky to have you and my goodness, like that is, that is one way to get started into having your own dog. (laughs) I know. Right. Just. I know. Uh, That's a lot of dog to take on. (laughs) And, you know, when he was about, I would say two and a half, we ended up getting a little puppy. He was always great with little dogs as, you know, he would grow with them, but he couldn't just meet a full size, full personality dog and be trusted in the environment. So when we got the next dog, my dog, Jax, who's still alive, he, you know, unfortunately I didn't socialize that dog as much Mm -hmm. as I should have or wish I would have because I was so nervous about the energy of the first dog and yeah. I didn't want to leave him behind and only take the puppy with us. You know, uh-huh. it really created this kind of cycle of like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I became right. a yeah. little, like, maybe too emotional about oh. of it, but you know, I'm just and so. Way. And so do you have, you have two dogs today. Yeah, so I have Jax and then another dog, Dakota. And, you know, because none of this could be a dull moment, I share custody of my dogs mm-hmm. with my ex, which is so LA. It's so, <laughs> I'm so attached to them. He's attached to them. You're like, we both love them, so we need to share them. <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? Like, I think if anything, you're offering your dog like more mental stimulation and physical stimulation by letting them have like these different experiences in their mind. They're just. Going I was going to say the dogs. The, the dogs just have like more people that love them, so they yeah. probably are like, "Oh, it's Adventure Day today!" Yeah. Like you know, oh, and they're like, "We get two Christmases." Yeah, we're <laughs> family. Like, how fun is that? Right, so, that's great. Mom doesn't some, know. Some, I already got. Some, it. Yeah, sometimes I wish I had someone to share custody of the dog, so I could just be like, "You could take them for the day." Yeah, right. right? Like, mom, mom doesn't again. know. Dad already gave so. me dinner, but mom doesn't know. I know. <laughs> 
They're very sneaky. <laughs> yeah, I have two dogs, Jax and Dakota. Uh, Jax is a Rottweiler, King Corso mix. He is my, like, everybody has that, like, soul dog that just, yeah. like, you feel like you are the same person yes. Yes. in a weird way, same soul. Aww. He's my soul dog. He's, like, eight and a half, and he's so cute. He's 120 pounds. Wow. He thinks he's a lap dog. 120 pounds. You you I, must like those like really big blocky headed yeah, dogs. I, <laughs> you know, I love horses. I feel like right. the bigger the dog, the similar. It's basically a horse, similar, right? Yeah. It's like, the same. They move similarly, actually. Like even <laughs> yes. the way they back up, like it They're is. Little trots. Yes. 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 So, <laughs> I have a sucker for like a big blockhead dog. That's They're, right. That's my jam. So they, yeah. do, they are the squishiest. So it's, I understand. <laughs> You know, like when I was pregnant, I was getting super, super pregnant, and Jack still thinks he's a lap dog and he oh. was out of all sorts of space. So finally, we just see the little paws like on my legs oh. and then on the belly. Like, where is my spot? Like, oh no, where did it go? Yes. So now, with your uh, lovely newborn, not so newborn anymore, my goodness, how Five old is months. she now? Five months. Five oh months. God. Is she wait? Is she like crawling, walking, anything crazy yet? No. Because like my just, daughter was late to walk, but some kids I know they were like nine months and walking around. That's terrifying. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like slow down. No, she's sitting up, which is awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. She just has a real personality. Like like I may at her like a horrific like <laughs> may sound, which I won't. I won't cringe the audience with but she <laughs> like belly laughs from oh, across I love it like, really showing her little personality and her sense of humor so she's that is awesome and then have you know have you had the chance to introduce you know I having- I I am you know I'm nervous about it honestly yeah. Yeah. only because yeah. it's you know it's just a lot there are two it of them is. And one of me, and they're very hyper and excitable. And big. And, and, big, <laughs> and I haven't seen them for a yeah. while, you know. So right now it's kind of a situation where I go and I just take them on parks, like walks at the park and try to yeah. spend time in that way while the hubby watches the baby. I know we'll get to that point, but right oh, now yeah. it's kind of just the separation of like, you know. But actually, and, and, you know, it might be a blessing in disguise because you can start to take some really – precursor steps to like making that very comfortable. You can do probably all different things, like even bringing things that smell like your baby and bring it along and like get them adjusted to like what that's like. There could be some very early steps that you may actually find that it ends up being a lot simpler in the future. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there are lots of resources out there that I'm looking into currently uh, Mm -hmm. because we have a little one coming soon and I have three dogs and two cats. So we're going to have a big adjustment that they all have to take. Um, But yeah, there are lots of resources out there that are really helpful. Like um, this, this thing called dog meets baby. So like when you get to that stage where you are confident and comfortable, you know, starting to have the baby around the dogs, those things can help give you the extra, you know, the extra, the extra like level of like, all right, I feel like I have a game plan of what to right. do because that, that, could be that, a is, good that is stressful. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if it's because I don't see them doing anything or being like aggressive per se. I don't know if that's It would be job. like a mistake. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. just too excited, just like scratch yep. her. Oh, like, yeah. I, it's like my dog Oakley. I'd be afraid he would accidentally step on the baby when it's on the floor because he's yeah. just oblivious sometimes. Right. So, yeah. Right. I get it. He left. And, you, know. <laughs> yeah. you can't sit on my lap when I have the no. baby, okay? Sorry, no, it's a new lap. Yeah, that's yeah. not ideal. But I oh, had to baby out to meet horses. I had to do that. She loves animals. Oh, that's so sweet. That's Sounds so like she's good. a little mini you already. Yay. I'm like, look at the dog. We oh. love dogs. Like, yes, you <laughs> love dogs. And it really does come naturally. You know, I never push the whole like, I want you to be a dog trainer, Eloin. But like she naturally <laughs> – follows in like the footsteps of just like, yeah, I want to, I want to try or like, yeah, let me take some treats and do it myself. And, and Uh I just like watching that kind of naturally progress because it's, it's 
no pressure that way. And it's on her time. And I think also, as and think that, you know, as your daughter gets mobile and learns that like, oh, this is going to be fun. Like I can drop food and it's fun to watch them eat it. (laughs) They eat all my food. (laughs) You see a natural like relationship and they'll start to learn to like respect her because they'll be like, she's a food source. So if I sit here, something's going to fall. And like they, they learn to kind of- Yeah. So it's kind of neat to see that kind of world come together. But um, besides all that, I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit before we wrap this up about some of the things you've done as like an animal advocate. I think that you have supported some foundations and you've actually taken some strides into doing things with animals. And I'd love to kind of pick your brain on that because I think it's something that people don't realize that they can actively be a part of or start. Um, You know, in terms of animals, like I said, I have a, I'm just a real softy, sometimes to my detriment. Um, <laughs> I started going to like local animal shelters and it really just kind of bothered me because you'd scroll through the shelters and the pictures of these dogs are so horrendous. And yeah. They look, like battered and they're fuzzy and they're weird. I'm like, nobody's going to adopt this poor dog. No. I go to these shelters and request. And the like, dogs are like depressed at every photo. Yes, so it's like the yeah. person thinks that that's the dog's personality. Right. I'm going to adopt this dog. And I would make the, you know, the shelter volunteers pull out dogs one by one. I'm like, well, let me see that one. And I'd have them pull them out. And I would like, you know, I'd learn how to take just a decent photo of a dog. Like, it's right. not- <laughs> like show them a treat and their ears come forward. Yeah. Like yes. here's a treat. And then, oh, perfect. And yeah. then. So I kind of like made that my little mission for a while, but honestly, like it's so gut wrenching. Mm -hmm. So trying to find that balance of like, you know, take the little steps that you can, they'll make a huge difference and take care of your heart at the same time. And no, you know, try to separate the two. Cause I'd leave there just bawling my eyes out every single day. Devastating how many dogs are just sitting in shelters, how many dogs are mislabeled. I'd be like, it shows that the dog's aggressive. Like what happened? Well, we don't really know. We think like maybe I'm like, well, I just spent 20 minutes with this dog and it's not aggressive at all. Well, we'll look into it. I'm like, no, look into it now. Fix the Update the picture. And give this dog a fair shot at not spending the rest of its days here because it's mislabeled and misrepresented. And things like that just kind of like, I feel like that's a starting point, Mm -hmm. but it gets very overwhelming. Yeah. And it could, it could be a benefit to get more evaluators in shelters, like people that yes. could evaluate and give an honest, you know, instead of just the person who's there just running the dogs through because they have a job and I get it and they don't have a lot of time. They're busy. But like that aggression could have been purely defensive. The dog could have been yes. terrified and backed into a corner and had Yeah, or maybe the dog just had a bad day that day. Like, you, yes. you know, it's- They're animals and they're living in these environments where like you just hear whining and barking and it's super high stress. Yeah. And yeah. so I just loved even going out and spending 20 minutes with, you know, 10 dogs for that day and like throwing the ball for them. And oh, that's great. Like that's so good. You know, oh, I know. Right. Bamboozlement to, you know, the shelter. But I'm like, well, I'm not sure. What about that one? Because if you just want to yes. go and play with them all day, they get kind of annoyed. But <laughs> they're, like, they're like, Sam, you've been here for the past three weeks. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I took my husband to go play with kittens and then we ended up with two cats. So I don't know what Wait, happened on Amber, you, you Amber went on vacation to Hawaii with her husband and then ended up going to a shelter and taking, taking a dog, a dog out with and, and trying it for the day. I love that. <laughs> I, I mean, they deserve it, right? They deserve a fun yeah, vacation day too. So, so mm-hmm. and then I would post some of those pictures, you know, on my Instagram and like tag the shelter, just like little things like that. Um, I don't know. I feel like it could make a huge difference. It's just- absolutely. Absolutely. And then you get to show the dog's personality a little bit more. And that's what people need to see in order to fall in love and take the dog home. Yeah, it's so exactly. true. They just need a chance. Yeah. So Sam, how do you, so what do you, do you have anything exciting coming up that uh, you can share with us or anything that you have coming down the pike in your world? You know, right now it's really weird time. I was going to say also being a mom is like a full-time job and a half, right? (laughs) We have a lot of, you know, shows that we're producing and some scripts that we're working on, but 
none of it feels fulfilling in this right. moment compared to the time spent with Dylan, which is, I, know. I have to say, really crazy for me. I was never really a kid person. Mm-hmm. I Same. Really knew what transition would look like. And I spend, you know, two hours away from her doing some work, like Zoom meetings. And I'm like, okay, but what did I miss? Like, smiling? What's happening? Poop? I want to hear about it. I want to hear what did the poop look like? (laughs) I'm sure every dog parent can relate. Like if someone's walking my dog, I'm like, send me a picture of the poop. I need to make sure they're okay. Solid, what's happening? Um, But I can tell you now, like, there's so much more like as they, as your child gets older, you know, and starts getting more independent, that time will come back to you where you're like, I have the time now. My sister has two sons and she's like, you know, they're in school all day. What do I do with myself? And now she's like finding time to like, she's like, really, you know what? I think I'm going to go get a job somewhere. I'm going to start getting my real estate license or, you know, she's just finding comfort in doing that again. But before that she was just fully devoted and man, those mm-hmm. kids have the coolest and most fun and fulfilled life and the experiences Aww. they've had together. And I'm like, and I'm like, if nothing more, like that's what it's all about. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. those experiences together and trying to balance work and life and all of that can be so difficult to make sure you're everywhere you need to be at all times that, you know, as I get older too, the more I'm home, the more I'm like, I like being here. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, there's always, there's always time and there's always more opportunities later on and you don't want to miss those little moments. And especially like if that's where your heart is calling you, then that's, yeah. that's what you should be doing for and sure. And we've talked about mom guilt before and like how mom guilt runs high, not just for your children, but for your dogs. You feel like you have to, you have so many expectations that you need to be doing everything all at once. When in reality is like your child, the same as your dog, is just happy to be with you. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. taking that moment to be in the moment and not stress too much. That's what I love about dogs so much. I'm sure you guys have seen it, but it's like a picture of like a guy and his dog and they're sitting there and the guy has this little thought bubble about like a thousand things. And then the dog's just thinking about him. Yeah. It's yes. like, I'm just so happy to be with you right oh, now. And it's like, know. you know, my, my husband and I literally every day when we walk the dogs together, we I, either I say or he say, says we're like, man, we just need to like live life a little bit more like our dogs. We're like going on a walk is like the best part of their day. And they are so happy to just like be walking down the street yeah. and not stressing about all these other things. They're just That's sniffing right. things and they are living life like to the fullest. And we try living to like remind awesome. ourselves that. But yeah. yes, it's so fair, They're true. a bunch of freeloaders, you know, they don't have the stress, but at the same time, they're just like the ultimate hype men, you know? Yeah. Like just living present, living, like just, I think that we all struggle, especially today where everything is what's coming up next. Let's scroll. Let's see what's new. What's happening now. Who likes who, how many likes are we getting? We're so wrapped up in gratification and moving forward. Like, whoa, cause you're going to look five years down the road and be like, what was I doing with my life? What was, what was I prioritizing? And your dog's just like, your dog doesn't live as long so that you can learn to live like that. I and feel like really matters. it's one of like life's greatest mysteries and like upsets. I'm like, one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to be like, why? Why do dogs age so quickly? It's so <laughs> unfair. It is. It is. But it it, remi- it gives us all the right reminders. And, and I think that's like our biggest point in our – what's been so beautiful about this interview with you today is just reminding ourselves that like even with a bustling career and wonderful things around us that we're so blessed to have had and experiences that we continue to have – what matters most in life are sometimes the most simplest moments. And they're also the most paramount, paramount, which is like your family, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and being in the now and slowing down. And because when, you know, when our time is up, I want to look back and remember all those moments. It's not going to be the award I won or the title I got or any of that. That's so true. I mean, when you look back at your life with your dogs, with your kids, everything, you think about those special little moments that you had with them, not about everything that you achieved and all the things you accomplished. And that's something that we have to remind ourselves in the in the now to try to live like our dogs a little bit more. Enjoy enjoy the moment that we have in front of us and uh, appreciate it to the fullest and most that we can. Go sniff some butts and relax. <laughs> I don't know about that one. I love it. I am so, so glad to have had you today, Sam. You have made my day. I have missed seeing your beautiful face. We, I, I know, know we keep in touch a lot. I need to come out and visit. We need to come out and visit, but I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today. And I hope you give Dylan the biggest smooch for letting you be here today while giving her some time, maybe with her daddy. 
And I hope to see you soon. But thank you again for meeting with us on The Dog Moms. Thank you, girls. Can't Thanks wait. so much for coming, Sam. And uh, we get to see more of your face by watching Frankie and Jack. So we'll Frankie check that out. And, uh, Let's do yeah, it. we'll tell our listeners to check that out too so that they can see that amazing little story, which I'm excited to see as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Sam. Nice to meet Bye. you. Bye. 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 All right, and let's get to some questions from our amazing listeners. So let's hear our first question. Hi, this is Jenny from Boston. My question is, what should I do if my dog shows signs of fear or aggression towards certain situations or individuals? Thanks. Well, Jenny, I love Boston, first of all. I absolutely love Boston. I lived there for a few years. Second of all, I'm sure Chrissy and I would both agree that the first thing that you should do is consult a positive reinforcement trainer near you that is qualified to handle that type of situation. So the way you would know they're qualified is first checking out, see what experience they have and if they have any certifications and um, work with dogs that have behavioral issues because you don't want to just work with anybody. And um, yeah, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing because aggression looks different ways in different dogs and you do want to make sure you determine where the aggression is coming from. Is it fear? Is it just reactive? Is the dog actually going to bite someone? Um, so that would be your first step. Chrissy, do you have yeah, anything to add I to think, that? I agree because I think a lot of people think it's like, well, there's got to be a one-two fix, right? Like you buy the box of here, fix my dog's aggression. Here's the box, right? That's not how it works. You really have to go down to the root of like, where is this coming from? Is this a misunderstanding from the dog? Is this a situation? Is this PTSD coming off of another situation? Um, was there a, is it overstimulation? You know, it can, there can be so many purposes that dogs find the need to react in those kind of ways. So yeah. So finding the root of that cause, I would say is the most important thing and then moving from there. But I would think, you know, at this phase, if that's what you're dealing with and you're still in the notion of working through this before you find that trainer to work with, then I highly suggest that you create distance between that dog and those situations um, and create distance in, in the area that you can still gain success with your dog in in the daily walks or whatever it may be that you're seeing these happen or remove your dog from situations where you're seeing these things. If you're taking your dog to a dog park, he's getting overwhelmed and then he's reacting poorly. Let's give them a break from that situation until you can really dig down and dig deep and find out what your dog needs to move forward in a better way. Yeah, that's so true. I think a lot of people are always looking for a fix. And a lot of times they don't realize that, especially with fear-related behaviors or sometimes even reactivity and aggression, that management is actually your best tool. Um, something as simple as like if your dog barks when visitors come to the door, maybe have a gate set up so they can't be at the door or have, you know, they make these really cool window covers that you can put on your windows to prevent your dog from seeing out the window and it doesn't block the light coming inside. So there's a lot of management techniques that you can use to make your dog feel more comfortable and to make your life a little bit easier while you're in the midst of trying to find someone that can help you evaluate exactly what's going on because those situations are a lot more complex than we tend to realize from looking on the outside. Yes. And if we know anything about dog training and working with your dog, that nothing is going to be a super simple, quick fix. Even the simplest of fix is still going to need management and need practice and need everybody in your home on the same page. And so lots of patience. I, yeah. And lots of patience <laughs> and maybe a lot of treats. So I just yeah. think we're coming to the same conclusion here. So find yourself a great trainer to work with. And thanks for your question because I'm sure a lot of people are having the same issue. Awesome. Well, let's check out another question. Hi, Dog Moms. My name is Mario from Rio, Brazil. Nice to meet you. I have a question to you. My dog is acting crazy. He barks all the time and is very hyper. How can I address common behavior problems such as excessive barking or destructive chewing? Hope you can help. Thanks. How can I address common behavior problems such as excessive barking or destructive chewing? What would you do? Well, for me, you know, that's a great question because I look at, first of all, I want to look at the age of the dog. And if it's a puppy, that's something more can, that can be expected. But if the dog is older, then perhaps we've got something else going on or there's been a change in environment or... Um, if you just got the dog brand new, I want to know more about that story of that dog. However, you know, when I see things like destructive chewing, basically what that's telling me is the dog has a need to fill that's not being fulfilled. And so therefore they're targeting the things around your home and maybe they don't have enough of their own resource 
in a safe area to use and chew on for themselves. For example, if they're chewing on the legs of your kitchen table, then maybe you need to have gates or a special spot, which I know you've done, Amber, to have your dog to be able to stay and maintain in a certain area and only have access to those things that are going to make chewing actually make sense and be safe for you and the dog. That's so true. And I think it's really great that you mentioned, like, is this what age is the dog? But also, like, is this a new behavior that has just started? Because if you've had a dog for five years and all of a sudden they're chewing things up, there might be something going on with your dog that you don't realize that could be upsetting them. Maybe it's a sound. Maybe it's stress when you leave the house. All of a sudden your dog is destroying things. Maybe it's separation anxiety. So those are things that we want to look into. Now, if you again, if you have a new dog or your dog has just kind of always been more destructive, maybe they're not getting that appropriate outlet that they need. So maybe they need different options to chew on. Maybe they need more exercise. Um, Exercise isn't the only way either. We can mentally stimulate our dogs and give them enrichment toys, things like that. But there's a lot of things we want to look into to figure out the why. And remember your dog, this is always like my favorite line, but your dog's not trying to give you a hard time. Your dog is having a hard time. So whenever you see these problem, quote unquote, problem behaviors, usually there is a a good reason why your dog is doing this. And so that's the first thing we want to look for. And then we want to provide solutions to that. So giving your dog options to chew and maybe management, if your dog just started getting to stay out in the house instead of staying in their crate, maybe they're not ready for that step of freedom yet. And so we can slowly start introducing having more freedom where they can start being trustworthy in the house a little bit. Right. And that goes with excessive barking. I think they go hand in hand. And so I think like not for you to also sit home and try to figure it out yourself, but again, like find a trainer that you can work with, like especially positive reinforcement, someone that's going to use rewards. Your dog wants to volunteer this good behavior and learns the proper path to go down, right? Don't touch the hot stove, but go use this instead. Like it's the same for children. We want to teach them the right path, make the right choices. And so- you know, with excessive barking, I think that goes hand in hand. You can have someone actually come in your home and, you know, tell, they they can kind of see the situation. You know, I had somebody, this was back when I worked at a vet, so I wasn't actually a dog trainer at that moment, but all these issues with things we thought was separation anxiety, all these issues were coming up. Turns out it was all because of construction next door. And yep. because there was construction next door, that's why this husky was destroying doorways and trying to escape and freaking out because there was jackknives and like all this sound that it was like, oh, that's why. So there's so many. Yeah, and that's something it. that like maybe you didn't think of, right? right? Like you wouldn't have thought hearing from someone like, my dog won't stop barking. Maybe we have to look at the scenario the dog mm-hmm. is in and find out what's going on. Maybe it's an attention seeking behavior. Maybe it's a stress related behavior. Barking and destruction behaviors can be, you know, uh, it could be sourced from so many different things that dog is going through. And so the first thing you have to do is figure out why the dog is acting this way. And then, then we start looking towards solutions. So I think that's, that's right. a really that's a good question. Really great story too, yeah. like with the Husky. That's, that's a really great way to look at it. Yeah. All right. Well, we do it. have um, one more question. So let's jump to that question and see if we can help them out a little bit. Hi, Amber and Christy. My question is, How do you keep your dog entertained and stimulated when you are away or busy? Thanks. This is Gareth, by the way. That's a great question. I know Christy's like the expert at getting her dogs, (laughs) giving her dogs all the stimulation that they they deserve. Um, It's actually funny that, you know, one thing that's cool, which obviously this podcast is put on by Dog TV, is Dog TV is one of my favorite go-tos when I leave the house uh, to make me feel a little less bad about leaving them alone all day. Um, And it really helps them kind of stay engaged in something. But also, and I don't know about you guys listening, but when I have the TV on, especially dog TV, because it's engaging them specifically, it reduces barking. It reduces those separation anxiety behaviors as well because there are things blocking those outside noises and distracting them from being alone, which I find really helps a lot. And I know when you're away, it depends on your household. But if you have multiple dogs. It can look a little bit different if you have one dog, but I know Chrissy is like a huge fan of certain toys. So do you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah. And I wanted to also make a note, like I I find this fascinating and I bet you we could talk to someone who like dives into psychology of dogs, but you know, when, when I'm home, I'll leave the TV on even when I'm not watching it and I'll leave something on like dog TV because the dog gets used to the presence of you and the presence of that TV be, uh, being on and they kind of pair it in their mind. Yeah, that's a great point. So that point. when I leave, 
I leave that TV on. So even when the dog's napping or in and out of consciousness, like hanging around, like sleeping awake, um, their, their physical and mental like memory of home is like, they pair that with you being home. And so just those sounds can be a calming effect because well, it's you're comforting, home, right? It's yeah. like, it's like the same thing that they're used to when you're there. And right. it's not like this aching silence of when right. you're gone. Or abrupt change where they're like, I'm not right. even watching it. Cause where did mommy go? Like they kind of get yeah. used to those go together. Well, and that's something to so, actually like think of too, is if the only time you turn on the TV is when you're gone, right? Is that becoming a trigger for your dog yeah. to know that you're leaving? Yeah, so so they, that's, yeah. that's a great thing to think about. So too. just think about pairing those things together. So it's less of a, you know, adjustment. But anyway, I do love to use puzzle toys and I have gotten kind of cunning with the use of my puzzle toys because I'll take a uh, breakfast and I'll kind of leave gates so the dogs, you know, are separated to have their breakfast with puzzle toys to burn out some energy before I leave. Mm. And then when I do leave, what I like to do is, well, the puppy gets created for his own safety, but he gets like a Kong or something in there that's been in the freezer. So that takes a little while, but I love to plant puzzle toys around the house. So, and I know yes. you've probably done this too. So, you know, I have a perfect example. I have a camera in my home that watches the dogs tells oh, me Oh, I have going five on. cameras. So yeah, we're Yes. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. You're like, you're like super sleuth. Um, One in every room, right? <laughs> goodness. But I will say that it was really cool because my dog started barking and getting re- like restless and howling is kind of a different mm. trigger because I could tell they're like, we want you back. Ooh, you know, but it stopped abruptly because I know they went to the other room and they must have discovered there was a puzzle toy. And then like, Aww, it never, it never like happened again. a fun again. surprise. So yeah. They, you know, they started howling and getting listless and then they walked down the hall to another, and then it was silenced for the rest of the day because they found puzzle toys. They kept themselves busy and then I'm sure they just passed out. So finding things that your dog can do, but like, you're like, great, but it only lasts 10 minutes. Well, great. Take another one. Take a little hide bit, it. you know, split yeah. those treats up and hide it in different rooms. And you could even make things like harder for your dog as long as it's safe by like wrapping it up in towels or like mm-hmm. putting it in boxes or like you said, hiding it in another room. Obviously, if you have multiple pets, you want to make sure you're doing this safely. Like mm-hmm. when I leave my dogs at home and cats, I have to specifically separate them with these toys because I don't want them like fighting over a toy. Um, and my cats always want one too. So I always have to like leave a, a puzzle toy for my cats like in the basement and then the dogs will get one upstairs. But especially because I leave one of my dogs home more than the other ones, he'll get like lots of different toys around the house right. when they leave or, you know, something that I know is safe. So if you've never left your dog with it before, definitely let them play with it, chew it, whatever it is while you're there first so you can observe how they play with it. And then see if it's a good option that will take them a little bit longer and maybe try something out like dog TV. But I think... These yeah, I think a combination most- of that can really help. And and also, again, if like you're dealing with anything that has severe behavior issues, you're coming back and your carpet's pulled up from the baseboards. And listen, oh, I've, dealt, I've dealt with it too. Beasley used yeah. to be awful. But, you know, consult a trainer and, and your veterinarian to make sure that like what you're choosing to do with your dog and moving forward is going to be the best game plan on both like the medical side and the mental physical activity side. So I think yeah. that was a great question. We got some loaded questions this episode. That awesome. Was yeah. We really, really dove into it. We did. Well, I think that wraps up to end of today's episode. We had lots of really great questions. We had an amazing guest. Thank you guys for sending us your questions. Don't forget you can send us more questions or little blurbs to dogtv.com slash the dog moms. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so that other dog lovers can enjoy the podcast and the show as well. Have a great day, everybody. And remember, until next time, stay positive and have the best time with your dog and your furry friends in your home. And don't forget to go out there and just have fun with your dog. They just want to spend time with you and cherish every moment that you do get with them. So we'll see you until next time. See you on the next episode. This is Chrissy Joy. Oh, I'm Amber. (laughs) Amber Carr, whatever. That's me. Dog, 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 dog.